0: There's the snap, the person kicks it up,
1: the 48-yard field goal is good. And they have come to Jacksonville and beaten the Jaguars 34-31 in overtime on a Monday night at Everbank Stadium.
2: 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith,
0: Jeff Lockerman, and
2: Oh my pocket!
0: Dylan Denmark. Oh boy. Here we go. All right, everybody. I'd say happy Tuesday morning to you. It's probably not that happy here in Duval. Certainly not around the 1010XL studios, as it is a not only a check-the-tape Tuesday, Tony, a reaction Tuesday as well. So we're combining kind of the uh Format of both the Monday and Tuesday typical shows here as we'll look back on things. Just what a disappointing night on so many fronts for the Jaguars.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's it, devastation. Devastation. Right, like everything is back in play. The division's back in play. A playoff spot's back in a play. A playoff spot right, is like in it, play. The AFC's just too tight. Like The wild cards are all too tight for – Look, we'll hopefully get some kind of news on what's going on with Trevor Lawrence, but if they're without him for any amount of time, like, and as Log said, as we were going through the drill, right, as I was getting ready for crosstalk this morning, if everyone, we're about to find out what this team looks like without Trevor Lawrence on the field. Like, if you want to see what the impact of Trevor Lawrence is, we're going to find out. Now, we don't know how long it's going to be, but I can't imagine he's playing this week in Cleveland, and that's on top of everything else that happened last night. They lose the game and then all the injuries. And it just an abject disaster for this team.
0: Well, I don't want to be an alarmist, man. I mean, look, they're still in first place. All right? They got eight wins, but there's some serious warning signs. If you are going to get beat on both lines of scrimmage like they got beat last night, you, uh, Cleveland is a physical team up front. Baltimore is a physical team up front. You got Indy and Houston nipping at your heels. I mean, I don't think it's like an exaggeration to say that the the season's going to be in the brink over the next few weeks. You're going to have to find a way to win some football games. Certainly, the division lead is very perilous right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's all up in the air, especially when the the future of your quarterback is in serious doubt. You know, you don't know how many weeks. You know, the severity of it. Um, But that's troubling, and it's very troubling because last night I think you had an opportunity against a Cincinnati team, and when I say you got an opportunity, they haven't been playing well up front. They were terrible last week. One of the worst run defenses in the National Football League. Steelers went for 148 against them. They had three consecutive games where they allowed 150 yards rushing or more. Okay. Right. That, I'm sorry. The Steelers' top two backs, right. Over exactly. 150 for the team total. Exactly. Right. So three weeks in a row that they've allowed 150. Okay. One of the worst teams in the league, stop and run, when you look at the yards per game and then also the yards per attempt. And then offensively, they're dead last in rushing yards per game. 32. 32 with a quarterback that's making his second career start, and they just. Manhandled you had their best running
0: game of the season mm-hmm. last night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where and was bully ball? Uh,
1: there was no bully ball. Uh,
0: it, it came on the plane from Cincinnati. Is
1: where it came. It I mean, it, they, they played. They played the brand of bully ball that the Jaguars had been playing on defense.
0: And you know, it's like it's easy to look back now, right? But it's just even looking at that celebration after the first touchdown that Joe Mixon scored, right? That was a loose football team that was showing up like, you know, they didn't just show up to be the foil for the Jacksonville Jaguars last night. They came in with a game plan and they executed it to near perfection. I mean, the Jags still almost win the football game, but they had such a decided advantage on paper going in at the quarterback position that, I mean the the fact that you let Jake Brownie go out there. What he it was thirty two
1: or thirty seven? Yeah, something like that. Like
0: three sixty, whatever. He,
1: he started the game out with I don't know how many consecutive completions, but at one point he only had two incompletions in the game, and it was money
0: seventeen and nineteen at the half. But yeah. uh, you know, at initially, and Baselli said this. He watched the film this morning. I know you've watched a lot of it as well. That he thought. I think it was Tony who said this. I want to attribute it properly. That he thought that. Uh, Browning was actually checking out a run plays and thought he saw something there. he could get those quick wide receiver screens. Mm-hmm. And it kind of lulled us all into, oh, yeah, all right. Well, Jamar Chase is going to catch 27 balls tonight for about 40 yards, right? Because he had five for 11 mm-hmm. to start. And you're like, well, they don't trust Browning to throw it down the field. But it was more that Browning thought he saw something and he didn't. And then he started to get into a rhythm. And, I mean, y- you lose your nickel corner. Right off the bat. Yeah, so second play of the game. Second play of the game. And Monteric Brown's not up for the game, so your options are limited in, in the cornerback pool in general. Yeah,
1: even if he were up, though, Greg Jr. is your option. He's going
0: to be your nickel, yeah. right? But he was getting picked on in that game last night. Look, Tyson Campbell had a miserable game last night, and, and I get it. You know, Jamar Chase is really good. Really good. You know, you're supposed to be a guy that wants to be in that conversation of the up and coming elite corners as well. And, you know,
1: um, the, the play that he got beat deep on, that, that's the play that kind of has been the haunting play for Tyson in his career, to where it, it's man coverage. And then all of a sudden, he's trying to figure out do I turn and look back? And find the ball, or do I keep my attention on the wide receiver? And I've said this with him all along: is that I don't want him looking back to the ball because when he does, that's when he loses his edge. And and really, I think what's special about him, which is the length, and he's got great speed. But when that head, when his head turns, that's where he gets a little bit lost. And he turned his head on that play. Have you looked at that play? Like gone through that a yeah. few times? Oh, yeah. It was
0: was Cisco trying to get Greg Jr. lined up correctly? Because there was no safety help, it looked
1: like. No, the way way I saw it, and I'm not sure about the lining up part. Okay. uh, But there was no help coming from Cisco. It was going to be just a straight man situation right there. you're manned up on the outside.
0: And do you think the Jags just thought there's no way they're going to take a shot here? They're in their own territory. It's third and two. I I
1: don't know if it's necessarily that or if it's – look, they've got confidence in Tyson Campbell. I mean, he's – one of the, he's your best corner, arguably. I mean, that's how they feel. Uh, but you could make the argument is that when you're playing a premier player and you've got a player that's coming back from injury and hasn't played four out of the last five games, you might want to have a safety over the top. There's that, and there's also hey, you know, their guy coming
0: off the injury. T Higgins made the biggest catch of the game on third and ten. And Tyson's almost falling down on the play, yeah. and and I mean, if they don't convert that, they're punting in overtime, and the Jags probably walk away with a tie at worst, but at least had the ball in Beathard's hands, and Beathard at the time it was nine out of ten throwing. I mean,
1: I'm not, we all saw Beathard's not Trevor Lawrence. We understand that, but I thought he came in cool and, and did a nice job. Yeah, I mean, you would like to, when you had the ball down, it was like the twenty something. I mean, some better decision, better throws. Yeah, he's of he is uh, scrambled because look, you're not a running quarterback. He's
0: slow footed. I think <laughs> it's fair to say you're okay? not
1: Lamar Jackson. Tony,
0: build up speed is not his strong point, yeah. right there. And while
3: him. we're looking for any kind of bright spots, by the way, Mike Garofalo, just to throw this out there, nothing official, but there he's tweeting out: "There's optimism. Trevor Lawrence's injury, the ankle sprain, as Tom Pelissero reported, isn't bad." And that's a credit to his flexibility. Not the first time he's been rolled and avoided serious injury. This was last year. So maybe we will get not terrible news on whatever the injury is for Trevor Lawrence here in the next hour. Or Th- so. That
1: would
0: be amazing. Well, you, you really so.
1: would. You, you hope so. But, um, uh, you know, and on that play, let's talk about that specific play. Walker Little gets uh, pushed back into the, into the pocket and – There was a few plays before that Walker, it appeared, tweaked his hamstring. And so it appears that Walker was kind of gutting it out on this drive with a bad hamstring. And you can see that multiple plays before where he's kind of favoring his his left hamstring. And on that particular play where he gets bull rushed back, I mean, look, if you've got a pulled hamstring, man, it's hard to have any power to stop you know, a power rush from Trey Hendrickson. And so he gives up, you know, the bull and he steps back on Trevor's ankle. But then also you could look at the play and going, okay, what what were the options for Trevor? Because Trevor kind of pulls the ball down. And it looks like Parker Washington doesn't know what he's doing on the play. Uh, Apparently not. I've heard multiple people tell me that's exactly what the case
0: was because the the receivers themselves were getting on him after that
1: play. Well, Ridley runs kind of a little clear out route and – by all appearances, Trevor, his attention is on Parker Washington. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's an option route or, or what, but Parker never even turns his head around right. on the play. I mean, that, that's a problem. You know, so you, know, you have a receiver not doing what it's supposed to be doing, apparently, and then you have a left tackle with a bad hamstring trying to gut it out and then gets pushed back into the pocket. And, and I feel terrible for Walker Little, too, you know, because you know, he's a guy that he's a good player. You know, right, I mean, now yeah, he's hurt. And... He's hurt. What,
0: your left tackle, your obviously quarterback paramount. Yep. Uh, arguably, your number one receiver. Certainly, your one B, at worst, in Christian Kirk. Your left tackle, your nickel corner. Foley Takasi went down in that game.
1: Fortunately, Cisco was able to return. Looked like that could have been bad, uh, but I don't know if it. Well, we got to change the terminology now. It, uh, it's no longer next man up. It's next men up.
0: Uh, like a half dozen of them. I mean, yeah,
1: you're gonna have you're gonna have some guys that are gonna be playing this week that you know hadn't been active. And let me tell you that, look, I, I get
0: ETN ran for four point one, so it's first time in seven games that he's been over. He had six straight where he's under four, but a couple, mostly a couple of runs where he outraces guys to the edge, mm-hmm. right? and he picks up you know fifteen down the sideline. That is padding that number. They cannot move anybody up front right now um, in, in the run game. And Cleveland is a very physical team. That's going to be an issue. It's going to be a tough one this week. It's got, I mean, we're looking – this is 13-10 all the way, one way or the other, Trevor Lawrence's availability being the major X factor in this whole thing.
1: Yeah, it, uh, and who's going to play quarterback for Cleveland? you know Right, I mean,
0: <laughs> I, at this point, I mean, Flacco wasn't that terrible you know? this week, you know, and it could be Dorian Thompson Robinson, so you might have a mobile quarterback no back idea. there. You might have some kind of a combo package. You just don't know. I mean, and Cleveland's uh, Cleveland's defense at home is like night and day. They go on the road and they get blasted occasionally, right? They give up a bunch at home. They're giving up like eleven points a
1: game. Yeah. The, the other thing too, um, besides the the known injured guys, I mean, you always have guys that. It kind of get you know dinged up and maybe you don't really notice it in a ball game. You know, at the end of the ball game, um, I, I didn't see Wingard in the, on the field maybe, and maybe I was incorrect because uh, Antonio Johnson was he, on the field. Johnson was
3: definitely on the field.
1: Uh, so, I mean, that's something I haven't gotten that quite that far on the tape. I mean, so that's something I need to look at because I'm like, when I'm in the booth, I'm going, wait a minute, why is he out there? Because, I mean, maybe it was just a – multiple safety package, which normally it's Dewey Winger that's out there on the field, and, you know, Cisco had the arm, shoulder, whatever it was, that he had to come off the field for a period of time. You know, so there's going to be some guys that you're going to be keeping an eye on here this week that, I mean, are past the guys that we know. You know, you just got to kind of wait and see. Right. Uh, you know, for the one
0: thing, uh, more than one thing, but when you face Cincinnati, you know they've got elite perimeter weapons. Right, and your question was, do they have a quarterback who can get him the ball? Right, and right. Browning had shown the willingness to try to force the ball downfield, but not the effectiveness in doing it. Whereas the Browns, like their top guy Amari Cooper's in the concussion protocol; he might not even play this week. Beyond that, you know, you got Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones, and it's not—it's not the same. It's not Chase
1: no. Higgins Boyd no. to be sure, and and, and Boyd's—you know—I mean, just. He's a good slot receiver. He's a good player, solid player. But, I mean, the real, the the scary part of the Cincinnati going into that was Higgins and Jamar Chase. Oh, no doubt. But, you know, I
0: thought a couple of key receptions by Boyd were Greg Jr. got lost a little bit, you know,
1: and it was just. Well, Boyd took him to school a
0: little bit. That's what I'm saying, right? And in in
1: a game that goes to
0: overtime, you know, you get a a play here, play there. Makes all the difference in the world. You don't know which one's going to be the one that ends up uh, costing you. So, today, obviously, it's a. Kind of hybrid reaction show. Check the tape Tuesday. So if you've got specific questions for Jeff, you're welcome to get in with those. If you've got comments about the game, uh, maybe we're being pessimists, maybe you see a much rosier outlook for the Jacks, whatever the case may be, uh, you can share those thoughts with us at 641 1010 on the All Pro Roofing phone lines, also on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, or hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony at Logs56, and at 1010XL, 10, 10 Denmark.
2: Hold my pocket!
0: Good morning, Pockets. Morning. Yeah, all right. They're just checking. <laughs> that's about what I expected, you know, and I don't blame you, brother. I feel the same way. <sighs> We're going to get through it, though. We're going to fight through it. Jack's still in first place. That's the bright side. There's plenty of downside coming out of last night's game. Not trying to pretend otherwise. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you know the ways to do it on this Check the Tape Tuesday. Jeff Loggaman, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, and I'm Mike Dempsey. Jaguars Today rolls on on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Coming Tuesday on Jaguars Today
2: is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL.
4: Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I got to go rush the passer,
5: you know, help, the, help them out. We all do. And, you know, that's how we work hand-in-hand. Uh, you know, obviously they had a lot of quick pass, our PO game. You know, so us as a D-line, man, we got to put our hands up, you know, push the pocket. I uh,
0: don't give him any throwing lanes, uh, and that's an area we need to improve of. That's Josh Allen. You know, he was asked if players going out on defense was affecting the communication. He basically said, hey, mm-hmm. I'm focusing on my job, right? I'm doing my thing up here. Yep. Um, but that was a big point of emphasis in the post game for Doug Peterson. Communication, right, whether it's you're losing your nickel, and maybe you do have to, on occasion, make sure that Greg Jr. knows where he's supposed to be. Right? You you lose your most reliable receiver, the guy who's had the most effectiveness with Trevor Lawrence over the last season and a half. And so you got a rookie coming in here. Is he always aware? Maybe he's the hot read. Doesn't get his head turned around. You know, is he always getting lined up in the right spot? So I, I think that was a big issue uh, for this team. Logs, and I'm not saying other teams don't have we we. Focusing on this team, we don't see the ups and downs of every national football league team. But you played. I mean, this late in the season, should they be having these kind of communication issues? Or is it understandable because you are thrusting rookies or second-year players into larger roles kind of cold off the bench?
1: Well, I mean, unfortunately, you'd like to think that at this stage of the season, those things don't happen. But, uh, but they do, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating, I think, for, for the guys that are doing it the right way, and it's frustrating sometimes because, you know, it's not necessarily a young guy sometimes. You know, I mean, Calvin Ridley, you know, has uh, not been perfect either at times. Agreed. Uh, so, uh, and that's frustrating. And th- the problem is, is that, okay, if, if it's one guy, then, okay, it's fixable. Okay, you just replace the guy. But then if it's all of a sudden, if it's a merry-go-round kind of thing, where, okay, you know, let's say well, all three of us are part of one team and, Mike, you make a mistake on this play, and it's Tony on the next play, and then it's me on the next play, and then it's me again, then it's you. All of a sudden, now you've got a problem because there's, there's no, nothing right on any consecutive plays. And so part of the problem with that is is that it can become, I don't want to say unfixable. But you're you're sitting there scratching your head, going, "Wait a minute, what what are we you doing?" You plug
0: one hole, a new one spring, a why, new w- leak springs. Why can't we,
1: you know, fix the the whole problem? <sighs> but anyway, uh, and when you have guys that are in the lineup, it's bad. It's hard enough, I think, sometimes when you have consistency in the lineup, but then all of a sudden, when you have injuries, all of a sudden now it adds a whole another factor to that to that, and that becomes even more difficult. But to answer your question, it's not acceptable. It it shouldn't happen at this stage of the season or any stage for that matter because the guys that are on the roster you have to be able to depend on them and count on them and you know sometimes it happens and sometimes you got to just say hey look you know let's find somebody else that can do a better job and be more consistent that's that's the one thing I think about Belichick that's always made him such a great coach for so many years is that he didn't care you know who a guy is that he wants accountability every each and every play and he always kept guys that were accountable mm. All right, well
0: we're accountable to you, the listeners uh, and uh, we welcome your feedback questions, comments, keep it clean. Uh, they managed to do it despite <laughs> imbibing on the postgame show, there was you know nobody let one fly. So. the city
1: is tired
0: right now.
6: <sighs>
1: I, I understand a lot of them took today off fortunately yeah, yeah There was. Uh, I mean it was late I mean you're talking about a Monday night overtime game can you imagine if it was a nine o'clock old school kick bro I I, I got home at 2 <laughs> 30 and it's only because I said some personal bests
0: <laughs> let's just say put it that way so um you're on uh, the autobahn um, what you're saying I, I looked down at one point I'm like Oh that's too fast. All right, I got to <laughs> slow down. Uh and you know, I don't I don't I, they, you know, I try to go with the flow. You know, people go nobody goes exactly the speed limit on the highway, right? But I reach a point where I look down and I'm just cruising along. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's not acceptable.
1: Yeah, uh, but your average speed was very slow, I'm sure.
0: It, it was better than than the peak, for sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Six four one ten ten. Uh if you'd like to get in, you know the way to do it. That's the primary way on the all pro roofing phone lines. Let's go to Lawrence in Orange Park this morning. Good morning, Lawrence.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you. I love your show. Thank you. Uh I would say I, I gotta call myself a Jaguars fan. i Moved down here from New York, and I don't have to tell you what's going on up there with the Jets and the Giants. But what I see, I've been watching football my whole life. I don't profess to know every player or every stat, but I do have eyes and I do have common sense, which is not so common. My snapshot here, you know, Trevor. Uh, last night when Trevor went out, it wasn't that. The defense, the last several games, just not there. They're slow to the play, they're like missing tackles. I mean, this is the problem. It's they're putting points on the board. It's the defense. And I'll uh, let you guys comment. I mean, well, uh,
0: clearly de- last night was the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lawrence. Yeah. Appreciate. It. I mean, shout out. I mentioned this on the post game, but should have done it earlier on this show. David Garrard was number one key. Just tackle. Yeah. If you make, if you tackle when you got shots at these guys and you make them earn it, twelve play drives down the field. Fox, how many damn missed tackles did they have last night?
1: Uh, there, there was a few, but I would say that the biggest factor, from what I've seen so far in the film, is that you just you you didn't win the battle in the got trenches. Got blown off the ball, and that's that's not. I mean, the, the calling card of this defense, and we said this from the very beginning of the season, and that in order for this defense to have success, they need to play what they termed themselves "bully ball," which means they've got to be really good at stopping the run and putting pressure on an offense by putting them in some awkward down-and-distance situations, which means second and long and third and long. How many times did the Jaguars have them in second and long and third and long in that game yesterday? It wasn't very often at all. And at one point, I want to say that the Bengals were rushing for an average of like 5.7 or 5.8 yards per carry. Look, they came into the game averaging less than four yards a carry, one of the worst averages in the league, and they – became one of the best rushing teams in the league against you. I mean, that was the problem because now all of a sudden, it's the same factor if you go back to the 49ers game. Okay? What happened in the 49ers game? Okay, how do you stop the 49ers? Everybody knows how you stop the 49ers. This is common knowledge around the National Football League. You have to stop their running game because if you don't, Kyle Shanahan's system of play action makes it damn near impossible to stop them. And they're too talented overall. If you don't stop the run, well, they didn't stop the run against San Francisco. And then against this team last night, the Cincinnati Bengals, you did not stop the run either. Okay. And this was not a good rushing team. Okay. San Francisco, that's a good rushing team. Mm -hmm. Okay. With a, a marquee back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, on a roll. Okay. Last night, Joe Mixon, not on a roll against a team and an offensive line that has not been effective and has not been consistent. That's why I think they had a hard time overall. Nap game because they didn't stop the run, and I don't think it was missed tackles. You got your ass kicked up front. I mean, plain and simple. and that's what football is. It starts there. Doesn't always end there, but it starts there, and you got you got whooped.
0: You know how many uh, yards Chase Brown had
1: run for in the last month? Not much. Four. He's been hurt four. He's had a hamstring. Okay, he he gashed him. Yeah. Last oh, yeah. night. He yeah, gashed he's got great him. speed too, but he he'd been out with a hamstring and. And getting him back, I think, put a little bit of a little bit of juice in there short, so to speak, because not only did he play well, I think that encouraged Joe Mixon to run a little bit harder.
3: The the Jags are a team with one guy that can get after the passer. Right? That's Josh Allen. That's what it is right now. And he has his sack and a half last night. He has the interception. He was making plays mm-hmm. for the defense in the game last night with nobody else on that front making plays. For the Jags, when we hear during the offseason and these kind of things, even Josh Allen, I can remember, I can hear it echoing in my head. You have to earn the right to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about, right? That's that's why you stop the run. I had fans during halftime, you know, tweeting at me like, why can't rush the passer? Where's the pass rush? When? When are they given any opportunity to rush the passer in that entire game last night? It's They didn't stop the run At all, And when you don't stop the run at all in the NFL, everyone can do what the Bengals did to you last night. But when you combine that with they do have the weapons on the outside and you're not stopping the run at all, you're going to get beat bad on defense.
1: And their quarterback played really well. Yeah. And besides the two bonehead calls that Zach Taylor had, okay, on the fancy schmancy plays (laughs) that he came up with late at night, I thought he called a really good game. He took a lot of pressure off of them. No doubt. Um, stuck with the run and said that no, we're gonna we're gonna stick with it, and they did, and it worked, and then the play action worked off of that, and then you got a quarterback that gained confidence throughout, and then when that happens, it's hard to stop uh, when you're not stopping the run, and their quarterback has gotten hot, and they've got a couple marquee weapons because I'm gonna tell you now, Jamar Chase, and I said this during the ball game. In that ball game, he he is like one of only four wide receivers in NFL history in three consecutive seasons to start his career to have 80 plus catches and over a thousand yards receiving, so he joined the likes of Justin Jefferson, Mike Thomas, and I can't remember the other guy, but I mean he's an elite company. I mean you're talking about no, a he's elite arguably wide the best in the league, and arguably you knew that going in. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like you know he earned that last
0: night. No. He was, he was really good. Yeah, he is really good. All right, let's go back to the lines here. Uh, good Philip and Riverside next up on Jaguars today. Good morning, Phillip.
6: Yeah, that game last night was unacceptable. They might hang on and win the division. They might get a home playoff game, but this team is nowhere near a Super Bowl-caliber team. San Francisco was physical. Look what happened. Last night was ridiculous. You say Cleveland's physical, but they're not playing in Dewall, so they might win. And where is Calvin Ridley? I thought he was supposed to be the man. Let him hit the road after this season. This is this is just. I haven't been this bad since 1999 up in Duval when the Titans came in here and took care of business. Good God!
0: All right, thank you, Philip. Phillip's a little angry. I get it. Understand. I Understand? You know. Uh, what about Ridley last? not he have to make that play at the end of the half? The first half. I mean the. It's coming down. It's not the easiest catch, all yeah, but
1: have some body control. I mean, I mean that's if, it, if you want to be okay. If you want to be the guy, you make that catch. You'll be him. I mean, right? it, it, I mean, if, you, if you're I mean, him, it, I mean, it's well, I mean, I'm not even him. I mean, if you want to be no, a, I know. a guy, I'm just saying that's what they make that catch. They I'm, they like I'm not talking about being a you know standout. Okay, uh, no doubt number one wide receiver. I'm talking about you want to be a a guy uh, number one or you know top top two. Okay, you got to make that make play. Make that play. And at, yeah, at that yeah, point, and you And then feel also, like- you go back the week week before. Okay, that play or opportunity in Houston, okay, there was like four drops in that ballgame. Right. And and Calvin had an opportunity in the end zone there. Those are the plays you got to make. He had another one last night. Uh, it would have been a tough catch. Hit him in the hands, right?
0: I mean, he, it was a contested one, but – Got to make it. Big-time receivers – Make contested catches, man. And, you know, and, and when they're getting hit and whatever, and I, you get two hands on the ball, like, ah, frustrating. Got to make it. Frustrating. All right, uh, let's get one more in before the break. Kevin and Savannah up next here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Kevin.
5: Good morning. Um, I'm frustrated with our safety play. Um, Cisco lines up before the snap, uh, excess of 15 yards, sometimes 20 yards. At the time of the snap, he's backpedaling. We're not getting any run support from our safeties, any run, run stop support from our safeties. They're not coming up making any tackles. The, the, the corners aren't getting any support from the, the safeties. On the long pass uh, that Campbell gave up, you see that Cisco's lined up close to the line. On the other side of the field, there seemed to be some confusion. The ball goes up. Cisco starts jogging over towards the, the sideline where the play was where the ball was caught. And when the ball is caught, he starts running fast.
6: Uh,
5: I, I'm really disappointed in him. He's he's not he's not. I don't know whether Caldwell has him lining up that deep, but for some reason, there was a play that was third and one. He was lined up twenty yards deep. I I, I just don't get that. It makes no sense. Thank you guys.
1: All right, thanks. What you see uh, logs. Well, on that one play that uh, the long play, I've said this before that. Uh, uh, that, I, I thought Tyson was on an island. I thought that was the design of the defense, and sometimes that's how it works. Okay, And, and Cisco, for the most part, is not your safety that that's, they want to have up in there in the box all the time. That's usually Rayshawn. Um, there are times that Cisco's got to be that guy up in there. Uh, but for the most part, again, it's Rayshawn. The, le- the, the, the previous two weeks, Rayshawn had done a pretty good job of being in the box and being really physical uh this past game uh, w- wasn't great wasn't much of an impact in fact uh, the one play that really sticks out in my mind with Ray Sean was where it was a crosser and he comes up and doesn't even wrap and he kind of just throws his shoulder right. in and then just I remember you talking about it on end. the broadcast when it happened and I was like whoa wait a minute now look you, <laughs> that's the one that, there that you can what I call slobber knocker I mean hammer the guy and he didn't hammer the guy didn't wrap the guy and he goes on for like a 20 something yard gain on a on a tight end play Uh, So that wasn't a great play uh, for Ray Sean, but the safety play in this game wasn't great. But, I mean, you're going to say that the play across the board wasn't great. You know, Devon Hamilton was active for the first time in a while, and he doesn't look the same. Um, Doesn't look like the same player that he was last year. And I know he's going through some injury-type things and hasn't been active much lately, but he's not back to where he was at before. I didn't see that that quick twitch that that he can have and uh, the movement that he can have and so they got to figure it out you know they've got to figure out why they're not as good up front because uh, that has been their calling card and that has to be consistent with this defense for them to have a chance
0: all right we got to take a timeout here on a check the tape reaction tuesday you know the drill today six four one ten ten on the Elpro roofing phone line so the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, or hit us up on social media with your questions and comments for Jeff Logman and the Jags in general, and we'll continue to reflect on the Monday night debacle here at Everbank Stadium. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
2: Jeff Loggaman, Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on
0: 1010XL. Oof, that's a good description of
3: how it feels right now. A little gut punch. I don't think there's any – two hours is not going to be nearly enough to get to all of it. Oh, no. It's just – it's not even going to get close. We had a timeout because of a water boy, you know, in last night's game. The Bengals, we get to overtime. The Bengals had a 57-yard field goal that hit the crossbar. Oh,
0: we're so ready for another right. doink in the open pockets. Your your shining moment was uh, snatched from you. It yeah. was there.
3: There's just no way we could get to all of it. Calvin Ridley, we were just talking about him in the last segment, not very nicely. He made the play in overtime. Without that holding call, the Jags win the game in He's large part because Calvin made a terrific catch coming back to that ball. But – it gets overthrown. You know, the, the holding call happened. Doesn't matter. Didn't make the next play. You know, he's running backwards on the next play. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Didn't love that. Whole, like,
3: yeah. I the Bengals were ready for that
0: one. They really like, and and it was like, Calvin, where are we going here? <laughs> like, wrong direction. But uh, on the hold, Logs, mm-hmm. what, what did you see? Um, On the hold? On. Yeah, on the hold that, that negated the Beathard to Ridley play that would have set him up inside the five. It gets called all the
1: time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, essentially when a quarterback leaves the pocket, you know, an offensive lineman is trying to pass protect, you're, you're grabbing cloth and trying to con- contain control the defender. When the quarterback breaks the pocket, as C.J. did, now all of a sudden the angles of the blocks change. And Hubbard did a very good job of, of playing it up and acting like that he was being um, held or uh, impeded. Trying to get off, and it's—I would say this—is it a really a truly a hold? By letter of the law, yes. Okay, is it a little bit ticky-tacky? Probably, but in this league, that's going to get called probably eight or nine times out of ten. And he sold it too. I mean, you know, right there, and uh,
6: that—that
0: has
3: an influence, right? Absolutely.
0: Not on every call, but enough times. Yeah. You'll
3: and Anton's that. trying to sew it back the other way. Like, right. As soon as he, the other guy's hands go up, his hands go. up. He's like, I'm not holding him. Right. I'm not holding him. And the officials already thrown the flag. Well, nah. like- I, I just,
1: I can tell you this: the uh, the reputation of the defender also would play in that. You know, for example, if and Hubbard's not a household right. name. That was Sam uh, Hubbard. Right? But if it's Nick Bosa and he. Does yeah, that. you're going mean, to get that in the day. I mean, Trey I mean, Hendrickson, yeah. who yeah. was,
0: you know, double-digit sack Josh guy.
1: Allen does that. I mean, that's going to draw a holding call, you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it is, and that's not going to change. No.
0: All right, let's go uh, back out to the phone lines here. Reaction slash check the tape Tuesday at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Pete and Callahan is up next. Hello, Pete.
6: Hey, guys. Good morning, man. All right. So me and my dad have to take a holder since year one. And, you know, it was very frustrating. We're, we're pretty pissed off at how the defense performed last night. But my question to you guys is this. All right. So NFL is a, is a league of stats. Is there a stat that actually shows or tells how Jacksonville performs against backup rookie quarterbacks? Because Year after year after year, the backup of court or the rookie quarterback comes in and tortures us. So I mean, what does Jacksonville? What what has Jacksonville done against backup and rookie quarterbacks except lose? I mean, just tell me, man. It's it's frustrating to see that game last night, how it formed and how that rookie quarterback just looked like an all pro type of quarterback. Well, I mean,
1: one thing here, Jake Brownie's not a rookie, right? Okay? He's, 27. He's 27 years old. Okay, he's been – But he is a backup. Yeah, he's a backup. Who hasn't played much. And a second career start, but he's not a rookie. Okay, two years he was on Minnesota's practice squad. Two years he was on Cincinnati's practice squad. So he's got a – I don't want to say a lot of time on task, but he's been around the block. Okay, and he's seen a lot of things. And uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just telling you what the facts are.
0: Oh, by the way, they, they just beat the rookies getting MVP talk. Last
1: week, yeah, right. So it's not. I mean, look, uh, they beat Will Levis the week before, rookie quarterback. I mean, and it it wasn't. In my opinion, it wasn't like Jake Browning did it all by himself. I mean, that was that was a total team victory for Cincinnati. Total team victory. What what, if anything would you have
0: done differently? Like you're Mike Caldwell, okay, and you know that they're going to want to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Right, let him build some confidence, and you see, you're at the half. He's 17 out of 19 at the half. Whatever we're doing is not stopping him from completing passes. What adjustment can you make at that point? Like, even if you had like an hour at halftime, and I know it's tough to make adjustments in that little period of time, but what would you have tried differently, or what could you have tried differently?
1: Well, I don't think you change anything from from a schematic standpoint. Because the one thing that you prevented in the first half was the big play. I mean, you were making them go play after play after play after play. And look, that it, it worked for them, okay? But if you tackle better and if you do a better job on the first down runs and the second down runs, you're going to find a way to, to stop them. I think where you can get into trouble is that if all of a sudden you, you, you say, okay, hey, well, you know, we're getting beat. And he's 17 of 19 against us. We need to change, completely change what we're doing, maybe be a little bit more aggressive. Then all of a sudden, then you can allow some big plays. And I don't know if that's exactly what happened on that Jamar Chase play, but, I mean, it's one of those big plays that happened and you didn't have any safety help. And, you know, and there's some discussion about what exactly happened on that play, you know, because when you watch it, there's some communication going on between – Andre Cisco and uh, there's three. Re- so if you look at the play, there's three receivers to the right, and then you have Jamar Chase all alone to his left side. Tyson Campbell's covering him on that play, and you have a pressure that's being called. and Foye is uh, one of those pressure guys, along with the four down, and there seems to be some communication between Cisco and uh, Foye and then Devin Lloyd. And he's pointing at the the trio of wide receivers over there because if they're playing man and it's single high safety, they don't have somebody over there to cover the third guy. They got two guys over there right now, and they're trying to figure out who's going to be the third guy. And if Cisco's a deep middle player where he can help Tyson, he's not there at the snap because he's trying to get somebody to cover that third guy. So I don't know if that was a – Design zero call is when I say zero like a true man. No help, no help anywhere. Or if that was you know a miscommunication and they weren't going to have somebody on that guy and there was going to be a single high safety, but Cisco didn't get there because he was trying to get somebody on that third guy. I don't know the answer to that unless you're in the in the staff meeting. You know you don't know exactly what's what's happening there, but you can see that there is some communication going on that it's not clear. They're not lined up or they're not clear of what they're supposed to be doing. And then on the snap, Tyson's on an island. But the way Tyson played it, he played it like I wasn't going to get any help. He was playing like he was going to be on an island. He just got caught with his head turned around and then kind of got lost on the play. Mm, all right. But, I mean, those those are the things. If you start to change what you've designed the defense to do, then I think a lot of times you you actually take a step backwards even further from where you are. Because again, in the first half, you were making Cincinnati go down the field with play after play. Which after is what play. you wanted. Which is what you want. Right. But you just gotta be better tackling, better on the first downs, and then things will
0: turn. And that communication, uh, Doug was hot about communication after the game, you know, so and that's one of the examples right there. Well like, that
1: play and then and then obviously the one that Trevor got hurt right. was the one that would burn my shorts because, you know, my quarterback is now gonna be out. And if he gets rid of that ball in a timely fashion. He's probably okay. He's not going to get that. Right. So, so, I mean, I could totally understand where Doug is coming from because, you know, this is week, what is this, week 13? Yeah. You know?
0: All right, let's get uh, out to WB on the east side. WB, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Good
6: morning, gentlemen. Can you hear me pretty good? Yeah,
0: we hear you fine, man. Okay,
6: Okay. yeah, I was just, um, I want to see if it's been noticed. That we're not much of a second effort team. Uh, whereas I see the other guys, they make a second and third effort, you know, and the Jaguars uh, are, are not consistent with that. And when it comes down to strength or whatever, we always get beat for, for the extra yardage or whatever. i like to address that. And then uh, also that it seemed like we were easily schemed again. Uh, I'll leave it at that. All
1: right, WB, um, did you see that? Showing up is he talking mainly about the running? I think like
0: it sounded like like in Cincinnati's case, those guys were finishing the runs. That's what it sounded like to me, right? Like they're they're
1: they're driving for that extra yard, two yards right at the end of the play. And then that's uh, I think for me, the the more physical teams are the ones that typically finish better. And right now, and in this game last night, the Jaguars weren't winning the physical battle. Do you think ETN's healthy? Doesn't look like
0: it. Yeah, Baselli doesn't. I mean, I, just based on what he said this morning on on the yeah. drill, doesn't look know.
1: like it. But I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked. Right, I, I to him hear about you, it, but, you. But you know, doesn't look like.
0: Right, it. as you watch, you know, like it doesn't look like. You know, he was. We always worried about him because he was so reckless with throwing his body mm-hmm. around, right? And he's not not doing that. He's not built like Earl Campbell, and he's but he's not doing it right now. So he makes you wonder: Is that rib? You know, is it is it that? Is he protecting that a little bit? Is it? Yeah, because the, there,
1: there was a couple plays um and I'm thinking of the one that was on the boundary and he could have accelerated with power. Oh,
0: the one the one where he got that he the, like swung out, out of bounds exactly. like a yard short, like he gathered himself and it's like if he just went
1: just go. He had it. Yeah. There there was a couple plays like that for for Travis in that game where you just say just go. Get north south. Okay, just go. I mean, sometimes as a back, you've got to be able to to be satisfied with three or three and a half yards and not be looking for the ten yarder all the time. Sometimes it's just stick your shoulders, I will say stick your helmet down, but lower your pad level and accelerate with power going forward and, and sometimes things will be there. All right. So I think the the back half of WB's question is basically did we get out coach
0: or out schemed yesterday? Was it was it more that they won the chess match? Was it more that the Jags just didn't execute what was being called or is it as it often is I don't, a combination. I don't,
1: I don't think that they got out-coached in any, any way. I think we just – up front didn't play very well on defense. Uh, when I say up front, I'm talking about the, the group of front seven, eight. Okay, That's the defensive line, the inside linebackers, the nickelback, and then in some cases the safety. Now, I didn't think that they did a, a great job last night. That needs to be better. Uh, on offense, look, they were scoring points. I mean, this was a back-and-forth game. Uh, would I have liked to have seen them be a little bit more physical running the ball? Sure. Mm. I would have liked to have seen a little bit better production out of that. Uh, but offensively, they were putting points up. I think they were very fortunate on a couple plays. The one touchdown that Parker Washington caught, that one uh, was one of those throws that you go, no, no, no. And then, oh, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, by all, if that's, a, if that's a good safety, you know, a really good safety, that's an interception all day long. And, and, and really, there was two throws. And on that drive, that were in the end zone that could have been intercepted, that uh, were not, I, I didn't think, very good decisions by Trevor. But for the most part, offensively, they were they were doing okay. You know, so I'm satisfied with the points and back and forth. But defensively, um, what's the one thing that they haven't been doing lately that was really this defense's calling card? Turning it over. They're taking the ball away. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. the one last night was so gift-wrapped. It was like. Man, that's the problem with the double pass. The guy who gets the first one never gets to throw the ball. He's not going to pass up that opportunity if he can – Thinks he can make some kind of a play. I mean, what a horrible decision to throw that just float it back to the middle what of the was field. Was worse
1: the decision to throw it back in the middle of the field or the actual play call itself? I think the decision, <laughs>
0: honestly, because sometimes those double passes work, right? I mean,
1: you know, and you got to recognize when it's not
0: there, you can't float it to the I'm, middle of the I'm, field.
1: I'm going with the with the call itself just ah. because you got a quarterback who has been, I mean, lights out, and you're going to ask an eight year wide receiver to do this trick. Throwback play. I, I think
0: the worst with <laughs> the chase play, was was the call was even worse. I mean, that had no chance, the one where he threw it back to Browning. But regardless, it <laughs> wasn't enough for the Jags to overcome. Uh, we will head into hour two. If you're on the line, uh, give us a little patience and we will get to you in the upcoming segment next at 641 1010 on the L Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Logman, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars today on 1010 XL and 92.5 FM. Jeff Loggeman Tuesday
2: is brought to you by Mister Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician
0: on 1010XL. All right, Loggy, uh, I'm going to spring this one on you. Okay, uh, other than Jags are in first place, tell me something good. <laughs> tell me something good. What should uh, I feel good about?
1: I got a game this su- Sunday in Cleveland with a chance to to get back in the mix. All right, and it's an opportunity. I mean, every week is another opportunity. I understand. You know, I, look, I mean, that. the sky's always falling. After a, a national primetime Monday night game where you don't win, you know, it, it, granted,
0: but it's, it's it's the manner in which they got handled on the lines of scrimmage by a team that wasn't doing that to people. That is, I think, no, I, totally, I don't know if that's totally fixable. Agree. You know, I just don't know if that's fixable.
1: You know, and I and I go back to when you, we talk about things that are fixable. I, I go back to the Indianapolis Colts that run that they got on for the Super Bowl and they couldn't stop the run I mean, no we, we've talked about this before. But, but part of that was Bob Sanders was missing for a large part of that year part of it you know but I mean he's a safety and I mean he's one guy and, mm-hmm. and I believe that this team can get more physical and I, I first of all I think the defense just had a bad night I mean bad night the offense is more of something that's you know the, the lack of being able to run the ball and being physical, the short yardage conversions, which they did a little bit better with the quarterback sneaks, but that's kind of been a, a little bit of an issue. Is that something that's fixable? Well, I mean, you, you replaced one of your guys in the lineup, and I think that's going to help, but I think everything is fixable. I mean, I mean maybe I've got too uh, much of a teal-colored glasses on, but I always believe that you can get better, and the teams that that do get better and the teams that believe they can get better are the ones that typically are the ones that are going into the end of the season playing hot. And I think this football team will do that. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. That it's going to happen. Right. Okay, But the defense, I believe is something that they've got to get back to that, to that dominant attitude. Okay. Attitude because they didn't have that attitude in that game at all. All right, uh, let's get
0: back to the lines here on a check the tape reaction Tuesday. Stephen Melbourne up next. Good morning, Steve.
6: Oh, uh, if you want to consider it a good morning, I drove three hours to the game for that with the defense. Uh, I just wanted to get lost off. I mean, the defense didn't play well. The front seven, I mean, God bless Josh Howard for doing what he could. Uh, It looked like uh, Ridley said some things to Parker Washington that's not PG for the show. Uh, They struggled getting him to line up, go in motion. A timeout got burned from Trevor because I guess he didn't go in motion. Tyson had his worst game, in my opinion, in his career. Uh, And, Love, you being a uh, former uh, player, because Doug kind of got heated in the press conference after the game about it, and I was there at the game, the Stadium McLeod, uh, when we were on defense and everything. Is that kind of like a double-edged sword, if you will? We're trying to disrupt the offense, but a lot of the times it looked like they were defense was still trying to communicate, even when the ball got snapped. And I just wanted to get your thoughts, even though it shouldn't matter. It looked like that might have had a kind of effect where they're still having communication issues, and the ball is already being snapped on them.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know quite understand what Doug said, and maybe you guys can clue me in on that uh, about what the communication. Yeah, I mean, or the uh, crowd we, noise, or something of that nature. I, I don't know what he said about crowd yeah, noise.
3: I think he was basically saying that yes, there were times where even on defense, the crowd was loud enough that they were having trouble on defense communicating.
1: Yeah, defense should never have Agreed. an issue right. communication. wise you want that it's, noise? It's, it's more of a of, it doesn't need to be, like, verbalized.
3: It tells you how disjointed it was last night that your home crowd might have affected the yeah, team I don't, I don't, I, Yeah, See,
1: I'm not a believer in that the crowd noise can affect the communication of a defense because mm-hmm. a lot of that communication is, is understanding and it's just confirming with visual clues or visual signals. Um, I'm not saying that a, there's a complete sign language, but for the most part, there sure. is. There, there's an understanding. Uh, so, crowd noise shouldn't affect the, the defense's ability to communicate uh, at all. I mean, because when you break the huddle, everybody should have an understanding of what you're supposed to do, and you're just confirming that everybody's on the same page by us looking at each other yeah. like, hey, yeah, you know, we're th- thumbs up and we're good to go, Um so but, yeah. it would
3: be more affected by how much time you've had on the field together to get that kind of nonverbal communication. They've down. had
1: plenty of time. I would think so. All
0: right, here was uh, Doug being asked last night, I think by Demetrius Harvey of the Times Union, were there communication issues on defense? Well, I mean, listen, if you're on the field, were you on the field? No. Could you hear the crowd? Yeah, I could
1: hear
0: it. No. What do you mean? If you're on the field and the crowd as loud as they are when we're on defense you're gonna have we have to reiterate communication and that's all it is it's just it's just double checking with everybody it's not communication issues it's just being able to communicate the calls effectively so there's a lot of talk that has to go back and forth because of the way the crowd and the crowd was great today you know and, and that's what you want and it, it does kind of you know put your defense in a little bit of a bind. Because of that, right? Um, no different than the offense going into a environment that's very loud. Communication—I wouldn't say they're issues. They're just you just got to over over communicate. So, if right, all right, kind of a strange answer, but i, I think I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt on this answer. Okay, that it wasn't that we couldn't communicate. Like, like you said, maybe it's a signal. I'm checking with you. Mm-hmm. It's that because of this loud environment, we had to make sure that we were double-checking that we were on the same page and we weren't doing that enough? Is that what you draw from that?
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I understand what he's saying. And I think basically all he's saying is that, you know, look, when you're in a loud environment and you're on defense, you need to, like, double-confirm. Make sure you're confirmed. You just got to make sure that you're all on the same page. and. Uh, I don't think it's so much of like, hey, Tony, we're going to play X, Y, Z. No, 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 this is Z, Y, Z, Y, Z, Y, whatever. I mean, it's a lot of that is just understood because you're looking and making eye contact and then where the body is positioned at, you understand what, if the guy's on the same page or not. I don't think it's literally like having a conversation on the field. So I mean, why even bring
0: – I don't know. I've never heard a coach really bring up the crowd I, I noise. I think he's just
1: talking about from – from, a, from the standpoint of that, when you're in an environment like that, and it's a big game, you need to make sure that your communication is demonstrative and making sure that everybody is on the same page, so, not necessarily so, verbalizing. Right.
0: So but the, so the, the actual process of communication wasn't hindered. It was
1: just that they didn't do a good enough job making sure that they followed through on it. Yeah, I think that would be a, a little bit more accurate way of right. describing <laughs> that. But here, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm. I don't, I don't think he's complaining about the crowd. No. Okay. No. I don't, I don't I, want people to get that impression. Right. I think and that and he said the crowd doing. was terrific. But yeah. when it when it started
3: out, it was like. I think it's explaining the play that we've talked about a lot today already. Right. The touchdown that Chase had when you have three guys on the other side of the defense that are all pointing at each other as we're getting ready for the snap, trying to get what they want to have done on this play communicated to one another. And then they go over the top on it. I think that wasn't the only play last night where they had two or three guys, maybe especially on the back end, that were trying to get something said to somebody else on the field because they weren't quite where they were supposed to be, and it was difficult for them to communicate it for whatever reason. They got to get better at it.
1: um, It's it's kind of an odd play, and and I I don't know if they had the right personnel grouping on the field for that. Um, because what Cisco essentially was trying to do was to get one of the linebackers. It looked like they were playing true man across the board. Well, if, in fact, you were playing true man across the board, you had uh, the tight end, 81, over there, which is Irv Smith Jr., and he was covered by Rayshon, and then you had uh, two wide receivers, which you had Tyler Boyd and then T. Higgins. Okay, But you only had Darius Williams over there. You didn't have another corner. Okay, so were you – and I was not quite sure. If you have two wide receivers and a tight end over there, but then you only have a corner and a safety, and then Cisco's trying to send a linebacker over there, so are you asking a linebacker to cover one of the other wide receivers than man because Rayshon was yeah. covering Irv Smith? So was that a personnel grouping mistake by the defense, or was Cisco – really supposed to cover one of the wide receivers because that sometimes can be the case Mm -hmm. and that would be like a true zero coverage so I'm not quite sure if that was just a a bad personnel grouping or if there was just a misunderstanding but clearly um, Tyson was in man he didn't have any help he wasn't expecting help from the way that he played it and that's just what happened all right let's get uh, Kay downtown before we hit the break
0: Uh, Kay you're on Jaguars today good morning
6: Hey, good morning, you guys. I, I just have like just two quick questions. Uh, perception versus reality. Are we as mature on the field um, versus perception? It seems like this is uh, just a Mensa-level team, you know, just from the outside looking in. But when we look on the field, I don't, I'm don't, i not so sure about that. And then the second question is for short-yarded situations, do we call up Snoop Connor? Because he was excellent in college, doing it. I don't know. I'm mean, just just for one yard or for four inches. Do we call him up from the practice squad? So that's that's all I have.
1: Well, I, I, I'm here to tell you that Snoop's not the answer. Um, and no offense to him, no. but I, I think you've got two backs that are already on your roster that are capable. You got and, three. I mean that tr- that you value more highly. I think Etienne is. Right now, there are certain situations in short yardage, if you put him in space, he's your, your option because he's fast. So if you're like doing the pitch and those things where you're getting him out in space and trying to uh, get to the perimeter, he's a great option. Is he the guy that you would necessarily want to have to kind of bury the nose and lower the shoulder? No, pads but you got Dearness Johnson to do that if yeah. you, you want. You got Dearness, and then also I think that's something that Bigsby they had they had that role and vision for Bigsby at the start of the season. Now it's just a matter of getting the trust back, right, in him. Uh, with the the turnovers that have happened when he's been on the field, I yeah. can't imagine Snoop Connor's done anything to earn their trust. Well, Snoop and- Connor didn't show. No. Uh, in my opinion, he didn't earn the right to be on the active roster in, in training camp.
3: Well, and the reasons that they're running these pitch plays and option plays and these different things on third and short is the reason why it doesn't matter who the running back is. They don't get any push right. on the interior of their offensive line. That's their issue on third and short. It's not what's the name of the guy they're handing it to. Yeah, That's was, not where the problem or
0: is. Or the willingness to stick their nose up.
1: Right. There, was, there was one play – um, and it was a short yardage play, and they were actually in three-point stance. And it was a handoff up in the middle, and there was yeah. no push. <laughs> was yeah, like, like one of the few times they
3: good. handed it off and converted one of those, it was the earnest making a play. Right, Like on the outside, he had to put his shoulder down and run through a guy good, good job by him. to get a yard. It's good play. Yeah.
0: All right, got to take a time out here. Stay on the line if you're there. We'll get to you coming up at 641-1010 on the El pro Roofing. Phone lines on a check-the-tape reaction Tuesday with Jeff Logman. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It it. Jeff Logman Tuesday is brought to you by
2: Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL.
0: All right, got a lot of calls still to get to, and uh, I guess that's better than app, right? Anger, mm-hmm. disappointment, whatever. Look, Jags are in first place. I get it, but uh, they're also facing a difficult set of circumstances. Doug Peterson, by the way, is scheduled to speak uh, to the media today at 1230. Don't know if there'll be much of an update on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah,
3: it's the season, Doug. Good news, please.
0: be great. Yeah. That'd be great. On anybody, Walker Little would like to get some good news. Yeah. Christian Kirk, I, I mean, <sighs> Ooh, bunch of them. Bunch of them. I mean, quarterback obviously at the top of the list, but don't think these other guys are insignificant.
1: No, you've you've been pretty pretty healthy so far this year for the most really part.
0: healthy, and then yeah. you lose camp, so you're like, all right, we got Walker Little, but can't afford another one. Then you get another one.
1: Um, if, if, you know, if Walker Little, just to focus in on that for a minute, mm-hmm. if Walker Little can't go, I think it becomes very interesting how they handle this.
0: You flip Harrison to the left side, yeah, and
1: that's that's a question and. You know, With a rookie, if he were a veteran guy, I don't don't think you would hesitate. Mm -hmm. With a rookie, and he's been working on the right side for the entirety of the year, then I I think they're more apt to say, okay, hey, look, let's just uh, get through the next couple weeks until we get Cam back or until we get Walker back and then leave him there. Let's not potentially weaken two positions by moving him to left tackle and then putting in somebody else at right tackle, whether it be Blake Hans or Cole Van Lannan. But, I mean, this is going to be very interesting to see how they handle that if Walker Little can't play this week with, you know, when you come out of a game with a hamstring, you're an offensive lineman. Uh, yeah. that's, that, you know, that's not like you bounce back on a short week. Right. A lot of
0: people would say, you know, you want to protect the blind side. But and Miles Garrett usually lines up on the offense's right side, like the defense's left side. So Harrison, you presume, is your best offensive tackle that's healthy. Against Miles Garrett's natural rushing position, not that they won't move him around, and they will look at and if they can abuse Blake Hands, they'll flip him around. But you force him to be in a position that he's not one hundred percent
1: used I, to being in. I think it's it's interesting. It's worth watching because sh- Miles Garrett um, can destroy your game plan. He is amazing. I mean, I, I just remember watching his college film and saying to myself, "This guy." Is hands down, without a doubt, the first overall pick of the draft. And if he's not, there's a bunch of foolish people out there. Well, the athleticism—just, just go look
0: at his basketball. Clips, he's got everything, right? He's—you know—people, people go crazy. They're like he could
1: play in the NBA. No, he couldn't
0: play in the NBA. But damn it, if you play in a pickup game with him, look out because he yeah. will throw it down yeah. on your head. Six five two seventy five, and is a freak.
3: Yeah, Total and freak. I, I may be getting caught in details that weren't real, but it did feel to me last night like they played more of those six offensive linemen sets mm-hmm. than they typically do, and I think that does that's because of the tight end injury problems that they had coming in. Specifically, Strange not being available this week. Now your left tackle. We'll see what they say you know, about Walker Little, but talking about what do they do with Anton next week? Do they flip him to the other side? Well, if the sixth guy that you would play on your offensive line is the guy that's going to have to play one of those offensive tackle spots now, how much does that limit what you can do if, say, Strange had to miss another week? Like, they're in a bit of a bind.
0: Yeah, well, I, somebody somebody asked that on the text line. How much was that, was that very impactful, the absence of Brenton Strange, in your opinion?
1: Well, I think it definitely impacted. You know, a lot of people kind of – I guess are down on Breton Strange because he's a second round pick and he's not catching balls like Sam LaPorta and some of the other tight ends that are, are rookies in the league but that's not what they've asked him to do and the role that they have what they have him in he's done a very good job. Uh he's a very good blocker and he is a very capable receiver when given the opportunity. I like Brenton Strange. Um uh, for the role that he's in, is he worthy of a second-round pick? I mean, you'd like to probably have that role more of a third or a fourth, but he's a good football player. I'm not disappointed in him at all. I think he's a, he's a valuable addition, and I think long-term, he's going to be a very dependable, very valuable asset to the offense. All right, we'll get back to
0: your calls here momentarily. Let's take a quick look around the rest of the National Football League. Now,
2: gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach.
3: Tennessee defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons will miss a couple of weeks with a knee injury. And Titans running back Derrick Henry is not in the league's concussion protocol, according to head coach Mike Vrabel. Cleveland has moved Joe Flacco back to their practice squad. New England running back Ramondre Stevenson has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. He is expected to miss a few weeks. There for the Patriots, certainly not going to be playing on Thursday night against Pittsburgh this week. Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua suffered an AC joint sprain, but it is not expected to keep him out this week. According to head coach, Sean McVay and free agent linebacker, Shaquille Leonard has agreed to a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: All right. Thank you, Tony uh, back to the lines. We go at six, four, one on the all pro roofing phone lines, Richard in South Carolina. You're up next. Go ahead, Richard.
5: Yeah. Hey, I love your show. And law, uh Logs, I love your analysis of the game every week. I've got one statement here. You know, we need to back the Jags whether we win or we lose. So, you know, even though we had some players that were hurt, you know, maybe their injuries could have been a lot worse. So we need to be thankful for that. And also, you know, you think about the Bengals with Joe Burrows. You know, he went down uh, with his injury, and this other guy stepped up. But that team is a good team. I mean, they surrounded uh, Burrows with a lot of good players. So even with him out, that was a good team to play against. And you figure it was a great game to watch. Uh, my question today is, um, C.J. Beathard, he seemed to be uh, favoring his left arm every time the camera would pan over to him or whatever, and I didn't know if he might be injured on that left side.
1: Well, I think clearly in the game when he scrambled the one time, he took a pretty good shot. And the left hand, wrist. Right. I don't know if he
0: fell on it. I, I watched that replay got, like took, 16 times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like the replay got a helmet in that hand. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it again, but I thought the helmet uh, okay. helmet hit him in his hand-wrist area clearly was favoring it, clearly was favoring it in the game, and in fact, there was conversations on the sideline with, uh, with Coach, and then you had, when I say Coach, his Mike McCoy was talking to him, and you could see that they were, from the body language, talking about that, and then also... The uh, athletic uh, training people were talking to him, so clearly something was wrong, and that's something also to keep an eye on this week. I mean, because if all of a sudden that was a broken hand,
0: Nathan Roark, come on down.
1: I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to.
0: We could sign Flacco off the the practice squad because they just sent him back to the practice (laughs) squad in Cleveland. Come on in, Joe. You know what their game plan is, at least, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, it definitely was an issue in the game last night, and it's something that bears worth watching, I think, this week. And let me just say, like,
0: because we critique them doesn't mean we don't support them. We all want the Jaguars to win every time out and win the Super Bowl every year. But at the same time, we we can't just sit here and bury our head in the sand and go, everything's fine just because they have eight wins. They have eight wins, but, you know, we're here to – kind of dissect what's the likelihood of getting to nine or you know the, or getting that fifth loss or whatever the case so don't mistake
1: um, honest critique for lack of support. I think look I, I get it you know it's, um, it's been 12 years since this team has had a Monday night football game and, and a lot of people wanted this night to to be great for a lot of different reasons For one okay it's the national you' got a national broadcast you want to have your team look favorable. You want to stay uh, atop the AFC playoff race. Mm -hmm. You want to uh, have a good performance at home because at home has been a little bit of a trouble spot this year. I mean, so many different things. You wanted success last night, and it didn't happen. And so – You know, it's natural and people are tired and upset and disappointed. And, you know, and I I get it, you know, but if if you go and you win next week and the week after that, you know, okay, it's all good. They've had successful
3: seasons since 1999, but they haven't had a whole lot of seasons where going into December, they controlled whether or not they were going to be the one seed in the AFC playoffs. Right. Right. And that's what they had going for them last night. They blew the opportunity for a bunch of different reasons. They didn't take advantage of the opportunity. They got five games left. They got plenty of season left to still make something happen. But with all the injuries last night, it's hard not to come into the day going, oh, no. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with this team for the last five games well, of the year? Well,
1: and from a, from the national standpoint, the game was entertaining. It was. Okay, back and forth. I mean, so from a rating standpoint, it was good. That's great. As a Jaguar supporter, give me a 3 nothing win. That's yeah. boring as watching paint dry. Exactly. I don't care
0: about exactly. that aspect. I mean, that's good for ratings. I don't work for ESPN, so don't care. One whit about the ratings for the game, you know. But anyway, uh, let me get Chris on the south side in here before we hit a break. Uh, Chris, you're on Jaguars today. Go
5: ahead. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Okay, what's up? Yeah, just speaking about the game, this is the point of the result, not the outcome. I think people want it. But I do think I my belief system probably different from others, but I do think if Trevor stayed in the game, I think we somehow would have pulled that out. Even if Jake Browning had his Brown Tom Brady um metamorphosis going on, I do think the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Jake Browning would have somehow came into play at some point during the game totally I think agree with Trevor would have found I uh, think Trevor would have found some way to win that game. Chris, I totally
1: agree with you. And here here's the thing. When's the last time that we, when I say we, okay, fans of the Jaguars, ever looked at that, at that team and felt that way? Yeah. that We got a quarterback, and we're, we're going to win this game. I mean, and that's, that's so different than what it's been for such a very long time here in Jacksonville. And that's the encouraging thing, because I, I had the same belief. I was sitting there going, okay, it's going to come down to the wire. Trevor's going to make a big play, and this team's going to win on – on the national stage. And it's going to be amazing. But it didn't happen. He got no. hurt. Right. And had the opportunity. Right. And all that's
0: great. Hey, you know, we we'd have 16 Super Bowls if these things happen. Yeah. And okay. And that's fine. Yeah. And, and maybe you're right. And you might be right. And we all – look, again, the offense, even with some communication problems or Kirk being out, whatever, you know, lack of a run game, they put up 31 yeah. points. They, they moved the ball fine. And this is – here's the thing we got sucked in right by the complete opposite narrative this is what we expected yep this is what we expected to play some games in the 30s this year the offense is going to be hot stuff and the defense i don't know who they're going to stop but it's going to be fun watching and then when it doesn't go and then you come to expect oh here's the standard the defense is playing at a different level for most games this mm-hmm. season and to see it's not that they lost and yes yeah, cincinnati's got a good team as one of the callers pointed out but they're a good team that managed 10 points, had less than 23 minutes of time of possession at home last week to a Pittsburgh team that's as average as a day as long. And you let them go up and down the field on you. This isn't losing to San Fran. This isn't even losing to Houston, who, as it turns out, their quarterback is really good and their legit. playmakers are legit as well. This is losing to a team that was a shell of itself mm-hmm. and getting pushed around by that same team. That's why it's so concerning. It's not oh, it's one loss. We got a it's what does this portend for the weeks ahead? If this team can do that to you, what
1: can these other teams do to you as well? And when you when you play a team like that, it's the you know, we've talked about this before in the past. I mean, when you're playing a team that's down, one of the things you'd like to have is a is a fast start just because you can take away their confidence and put them into the mindset of last week and the week before where they're not playing very well and they're not winning but if you give them encouragement early in the ball game which did happen then it they, they, their confidence just continues to build and that was I think the disappointing thing in this game is that you know right out of the gate you were allowing them some some plays and then also scoring drives early in this ball game and that's what you didn't want to have happen. All right, we got to take our final
0: time out here. We'll come back with some final thoughts, maybe a couple more calls. If you're on there, uh hang in and we'll try to get to you. Coming up on a Check the Tape reaction Tuesday, this is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman, Tuesday,
3: is brought to you by
0: Mr.
2: Sparky of Say the y'all. First Coast, Shook your on time electrician on 1010XL. Girl. that's why it'll.
0: All right, uh, coming down the stretch here, uh, before we get out, we got to get in today's 10 10 take with a very specific question for Jeff Logman. 10 10 10 10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10 10 take,
2: brought to you by JM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialist.
0: All right, Logs, uh, Jags got beat up on both lines of scrimmage. Which is the bigger concern heading into the Cleveland game? <sighs>
1: I mean, for me, it's it's the the defense. Uh, I think the offensive uh, they've done a good job as far as pass protecting so far this year. Um, but it's it's uh, that's I don't know. i was just sitting there and thinking about that in my mindset. And all of a sudden, I'm going, "Wait a minute, you're going Can't you're, open a hole in the run minute, game. You're right? going you're going to Cleveland with a backup quarterback, and you need a running game to take the pressure off." And of there's miles quarterback. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I both. I mean, yeah. gosh, I mean, here's the thing: the defense doesn't have they're not good enough to where they can play a game and not be good against the run. They're not. Okay. I mean, the the whole reason why they've gotten takeaways and that they've been good on third down has been their ability to be dominant against the run. And the two games that they haven't been, they've gotten beat up. So, I mean, the answer is really not one or the other. It's both. I mean, they got to be better in this game to stop the run so that they can play their style of defense. And then on offense, if you're going to have a backup quarterback, you better be able to take some pressure off of them.
0: No doubt. I just think their defense will have a better chance to execute their half of it simply because of what Cleveland offers on offense, right? They don't have this dynamic passing game, right? So maybe they can – Put that extra guy in the yeah. box and really commit to that.
3: Well, and the offensive line last night was just another week of the 2023 Jaguars offensive line, right? Like the what the defensive front gave you last night has been the exception to what they've done for the most part this year. They can't have any more exceptions in the last five games. They've, they've used up all whatever wiggle room they had for that kind of game. The effort on defense to stop the run – they need it every week right now. They obviously can't afford to not have.
1: That's their calling card.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, We've got people on the line we're not going to get to today because that's the kind of day it's been, right? Very busy, a lot of calls. We appreciate all of you. Uh, I'm sure if you hang on, maybe XL Prime time, we'll get some of you on board as well. But uh, right now, we're going to check in with Big Surce.
2: Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit TireOutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer.
0: Man, I was really looking forward to listening to Leon on the, the drive home last night at 2 a.m. Leon, uh, didn't have you on the fifth quarter. <laughs> I was looking forward to it, too. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. All right. Well, we got you today. So... Um, just uh, so many, so many Was ways there a we, fifth quarter
4: <clears throat> last night? There was oh, a yeah. fifth there quarter. Was. Hacker
0: and Dave Campo. Okay.
4: Were what, I'm not tough.
0: Enough. Plugging away.
4: Co- <laughs> Coach is so much more tough. <laughs> uh,
0: Sirs, uh, I'll ask it this because I know you got plenty of opinions on what happened last night. What is your confidence level that the Jaguars will win the AFC South this year?
4: Um, a seven. A seven. Okay. What was was it going into last night? Well, last night was a nine. Okay. It was a nine last night. It's a seven because essentially, I think the Bengals did what they were supposed to do coming into the game, knowing that they got Joe Burrow out the game. And the Jaguars now, essentially, depending on Trevor's status, they've got to rally the troops to get this thing fixed and figure out a way to win some some games down the stretch. All right. So, uh, heavy on the Jags' reaction today, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, heavy on the Jags' reaction. Uh, you know, it was disappointing. I mean, it's, it's an old adage, you know, one step forward, two steps back. I mean, everything was aligned. The stars were aligned for this team. Monday night football, number one seed in the division, at home. They got to figure out a way to fix this thing at home because, you know, two and four at home is is, 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 is deplorable. It's not what you want, that's Not what sure. you want, no, absolutely
0: Well, not. and it looks like – the good news is it looks like they'll – if they make the postseason, they'll be on the road a little bit more than – we would have liked, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. yeah. Where we can't be beat, Leo. Yeah, exactly. Undefeated, baby. All right. Well, let's see. That'll be put to the test this week. Uh, have a good show. Appreciate it. We'll be listening. Big Circe in the house for the next three hours with the XL Primetime crew. Uh long, short week. So, like, like, with all the injuries, typically you'd be like, let's get right back out there and play. I think you want as much time as possible to get as many of these guys available for you on Sunday. At this, this
1: is point. the first time in, in two years that I think the, the injury report is going to be one of the most important items of the week. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's been anything like this uh, in the last couple of years. Well, I don't think we've gone into one, even after no. the Detroit game last year, where we didn't
0: think Trevor would go.
3: Yeah, Thursday night against the Saints, there were some questions because of the short week. The injury had just happened. He had four days to turn around for it. But by the time we got to game day, it was like, he's going to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's the way it felt on game day that morning. Who. Whew. Let's, let's hear what anyone has to say on, in regard to a bunch of guys this week. It had never been this full. No. Uh, in the last couple of years. Starters. It's, it's going to be a big report this week.
0: All right, Logs. Uh, what do we got coming up for you this week?
1: Well, hopefully a nap today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Thursday is our usual thing. Got uh, Happy Hour with me and JP, the Doug Peterson show, J- Jaguars All Access Thursday night at Strings, and then uh, Saturday Outdoor Show, Sunday. Pre-game starts at 10, I believe, but it will start much earlier than that. Here with some other shows. Obviously, the – what do you call the early show? Kickoff show. Kickoff show. I, I enjoy that. I listen to that on my way in.
0: There you go. I didn't hear a word after nap. I heard nap, and I'm nap. like, that sounds
1: good, man. I don't know. I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls
0: and go catch me one of those NAPs right now. And uh, we can all get together tonight at 7, 730 and virtually watch the Knicks get their heads kicked.
1: You know, the great thing about tonight is is yes. that there's no football on. So I I won't be watching basketball.
0: I, I I'm a Knicks <laughs> I'll be, I'll fan, be, so be. I will watch the the Knicks for at least a half. Tonight. Watching the back of my eyelids, yeah. even even with the nap. Yeah, well, uh, very it, early. It's hour. all. I'm gonna get that nap in, uh, and uh, guess what? We're gonna be back. We're gonna show up just like the Jags are gonna show mm-hmm. up. Again, we get it. They're in first place. There's a lot of games left to play. We're not giving. We're not saying it's impossible for them to do extraordinary things this year. It's just a lot more difficult yeah. with the injury list coming out of that game well, and the issues on the lines of scrimmage.
3: It's crazy. Three weeks ago, after that big loss against San Francisco, it was, was these next two weeks, man. they got to figure out a way to win these next two weeks, and they're right back in it. They and get they the did. Division wins back-to-back weeks. Well, the hardest part of their schedule that's left is the next two weeks. It's at Cleveland, here against Baltimore. Can they pull that rabbit out of the hat again? I think – Cleveland's a much easier test, but it's not an easy test, right? Then Baltimore coming here to
1: town With their so defense we'll see. is not an
3: easy. Well, no. Would you
0: right now? Would you take all the marbles uh, on the line? Got to go to Tennessee to win that game to win the division. I'd take it right now. I don't think I would. I would. I,
3: I think they're better than that. But we'll I, see. I'm
0: very concerned about these next two weeks, and if you lose
3: these next two weeks, the oh, control the divisions the out of your yeah. hands. Yeah, you know, I uh, so. I know it's weird to say today, but I actually – I feel okay about this week. Not great, but I feel okay about this week because of how little the Browns threaten anybody. I
1: hope we
0: get the 13 and they get the 10 because yeah. that's what the it's going to be,
1: right? <laughs> at, uh, at least that's how I feel. It's going to be a, a week of a little anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, but you know what? It all comes after him. And, and I
1: hope Trevor is good. Yes. And, and here's the one Oh, thing. of course. If C.J. is good, which, you know, just obviously I've said before, you know, we've got to keep an eye on what happened with him with his left-hand wrist, whatever it was. I feel good about him handling the the, the reins for a week. I do too. You know? All right, how about this one? Would you take
0: seventh seed right now in the AFC with a fully healthy Trevor Lawrence heading into the postseason? As opposed to let it play out and maybe win the division and get a home. Would you say, I'll guarantee you'll be the seventh seed. You'll be a wild card. No,
1: there's more for us. There's more meat on the bone than that.
0: Okay, there is. Yeah. No guarantee you're going to get it. but
3: I'd agree. I'd I'd bypass that one, too.
1: Okay.
0: Fully healthy, Trev, though. I hear you. Okay, because there's a lot of. A lot of things that can happen Man, in that. More meat, on,
1: more meat on the bone than that. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. Uh, I'm just a pessimist today, but uh, that's. Can I hear whatever they say about me. Trev
3: before I commit?
0: Well, yeah, right. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so you're already pot
1: committed. All right. Well, here, here's the thing: you're not going to hear the answer today. Uh, no, I don't think we will. Right.
0: All right, we got to get out of here. XL Primetime coming up. Thanks, Log. So we'll see you. Uh, this weekend, uh, a lot quicker than we anticipated after a Jaguar loss, but that's the way it goes. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Johnny O will stop by tomorrow and we'll soldier on. Thanks for listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.